at 1 John 1, uh, let me read you a scripture. Acts 1 verse 8 says, that, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. I just want you to notice the word be. Be witnesses. And then he says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. Okay. Be witnesses. Notice he doesn't say, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall do witnessing. He says, you shall be witnesses. A witness is someone you are, not something you do. It's just who you are. And if you've met Christ, you're a witness. Now, here's the question. Have you taken the fifth? You know how a witness will say, um, I take the fifth. I don't want to answer that question uh, on the grounds it may incriminate me. Okay. Well, here's the great thing. You have been exonerated as a believer. You have been found not guilty as a believer. So you don't have to worry about it incriminating you. So don't take the fifth. Be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to show you some famous witnesses, how they were witnesses, and how that will help, help us, all right? All right, so here's number one. John was a witness. The apostle John was a witness. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. 1 John 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. Now, I underline the word heard, and you'll understand why as we continue to go through the message. Which we have seen, and I underline the word seen. Remember the word seen and heard. That which we've heard and which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness, witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. That you also may have fellowship with us truly our, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, John the Apostle wrote the Gospel of John, and he wrote 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. He wrote the Gospel of John to really prove the deity of Christ, that Christ was fully God. And he wrote the, uh, God, the, the book of 1 John to prove the humanity of Jesus. And there were those at that time, this is actually written to the church at Ephesus. Now you think that's Ephesians, and Paul wrote Ephesians to the book, church at Ephesus. But John wrote 1 John to the church at Ephesus also. And there were people then that were called Gnostics. It's from the Greek, Greek word gnosko. Uh, my, my Greek final exam was to conjugate the verb uh, luo, which is I loose. Uh, and we, we did the same thing with gnosko, all the different things of it. By the way, there are 126 conjugations of the verb luo. 126 ways to say, I lose. Now, just so you understand, you probably, even though you've forgotten, you probably conjugated the verb be in school. I am, you are, he is, we are, you are, they are. You remember that? Okay. I had a friend of mine that was from the country. He said, I am, you are, he, we, we be done did. So, <laughs> but the Greek word gnosko means to know. And it's knowledge. So a Gnostic is someone who believes he has knowledge. These people believed at the church of Ephesus, a group of them, believed they had knowledge that the rest of the church didn't have. They had extra biblical knowledge. Do you realize there are groups today that say that someone has appeared to them and they have knowledge that's not in the Bible? Okay, beware of that. Be very aware of that. 
And so John is, is writing the book, this, this book of John, and here's what he's saying. Hey, I was there. I, I, I was there. I saw Jesus. I heard Jesus. And he didn't say what you're saying. I was there. That's, that's the way he starts this book. But now think how powerful John's witness was. Think about this. He's the, he's the last living disciple. There's no other disciple alive at this time. They've all been martyred, all of them. And, and so there he is. He's the last one. And this, this apostasy, apostasy starts in the church. And John comes forward and says, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I was there. He, he didn't say that. I heard him and I saw him. Think how powerful his witness was. That's a witness. He's saying, I saw and I heard him. That's what a witness is. He's someone who testifies what he has seen and what he has heard. Well, where does that lead me? See, I, I wasn't there when Jesus walked on the earth. But I was there when he walked into Jake's motel room. <laughs> I was there. I saw him. I heard him. Not, not with my physical eyes, but with my spiritual eyes. I, I met Jesus. So I can share in the same way. That's what a witness is. When I'm witnessing, I'm simply telling you what happened to me. And, and, and you can't argue with it. This is my story. It's my story. You, you, you really can't argue with my story because you can go back to the Longview Police Department and there's a record of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was a jerk. And now I'm less of a jerk some of the time. See? So there's a, there's a change that's happened in me. And you can't argue with the change. See, people can argue with all sorts of things, but they can't argue with your story. That's what a witness is. If, if, if this week, if you witness a car wreck, and they ask you to come to court to be a witness, let me ask you a few questions. Are, are you going to have to go to witnessing school? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't learn to share our story and to share Christ with people better. Absolutely, we should. But to be a witness, you just have to tell what you saw and heard. That's it. You, if, if you go to court for a car wreck, uh, you, you're not going to have to go to automotive school, learn all about cars. They just want you to tell what you've seen and what you've heard. That, that's what a witness is. That's all a witness is. And here we have the Apostle John, and here's what he's saying I'm just a witness. I'm just a witness. You know, uh, you don't have to be saved for 10 years to be a witness. Just 10 seconds makes you a witness. There's a friend of mine who's a pastor. Uh, you, you would actually know his name. Uh, pastor is a very well-known church. He got saved out of the drug culture in the 70s, and um, he was going to kill himself. And he had this one friend that had been sharing Christ with him. And uh, she just kept sharing Christ. She kept sh sharing Christ. And he wasn't really listening or getting it, you know. So finally he decided to kill himself. So he went in his kitchen turned his oven on and put his head in the oven to kill himself. And he told me later, he said, you know, I didn't really think about the time, but it was an electric oven. <laughs> so he might have got sunburned, but he would not have, you know, gotten up. Uh, he wouldn't have killed himself. So anyway, but he said, when I put my head in the oven, I started, I started thinking, you know, it's not worth it, I'm going to die. But then he, started, he said, I started remembering what this girl had been telling me. And he said, I thought, I get it. I get it. I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. That's my problem. Jesus died for my sins. So right there with his head in the oven, he said, Jesus, I, I believe you. I believe you're the son of God. I receive you. I accept you. I give you my life. And he said, I just, I knew I was washed for my sin. I felt clean. And, and you know, he just, he just, he knew he'd gotten saved. 
So the next day, he has his friend over. He's telling his friend he's witnessing. He's telling him what happened. And he's so excited. He's telling him, I'm, 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 I've been forgiven for all of my sin. I don't want to go back and do the drugs. I've been changed. And the guy said, I want to be changed too. So he took the guy into the kitchen and told him to put his head in the oven. <laughs> True story. It's the only way he knew how to get saved. He said, put your hand on him. Put your hand on him. He said, do you sense it? Do you sense Jesus? He said, yes, yes, I sense it. Jesus died for me. Well, he finally figured out eventually you didn't have to have your head in the oven to get saved. Okay, John was a witness. Here's the number two famous witness I want to tell you about. Paul was a witness. Paul was a witness. All right, Acts 22. If you put a marker there, flip over to Acts 22. Acts 22, verse 12. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me. And he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour, I looked up at him. And then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will. Now watch this. And see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. This is amazing to me because Paul, the greatest apostle of all time, the greatest church planter of the first century, maybe the greatest church planter of all time, you, you, you do realize that we are here because Paul went and planted churches. Amen. This guy right here, this is where everyone, we all go back to this guy. Okay? So the greatest missionary of all time, the greatest church planter of all time, the greatest apostle of all time, guess what he was? A witness. You know why he was a great church planner? Because everywhere he went, he witnessed, and he had so many people, he had to organize a church. You know why he was a great apostle? Because everywhere he went, he witnessed. He told a story. He's telling his story right here. This is years after his salvation experience. This is Acts 22. Acts 26, a few chapters later, which is just a few years before he dies, he's standing in front of uh, a king, and the king says, tell me your defense. You know what he does? He tells his testimony. He tells about the bright light. He tells about how Jesus appeared to him. He shares his testimony. You know what the king's response is? You are almost persuading me to become a Christian. Just like that. It, it shocks them. And, and, and what was persuading him to almost become a Christian? Was it Paul's doctrine? Well, doctrine's important. Was it Paul's theology? And theology's important. No, it was his story. He just simply told his story. Think about it this way. <clears throat> If you go to court and you're a witness, what happens if you share something that you personally didn't see and didn't hear? What, what, what do they call that? They call that hearsay. And you know what else? It's inadmissible evidence. That's inadmissible. Is it possible that we have stopped sharing about our personal relationship with Jesus in the church today. And we've started sharing about all this other great truth that we personally didn't see and hear. And, and listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't share the gospel because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. But here's what you need to understand. What opens people up to even hear the gospel is a personal story. It's your story. 
It's what Jesus has done in your life. And I, I, I need to let you know, it's not just your salvation story. Because hasn't God done a lot of things in your life? It's the story of God moving in your life, God working in your life. Uh, one of our elders, Steve Doolin, that leads the um, habitation services and, and now is forming a business ministry to be here at, uh, at Gateway, uh, sold his company just a few years ago, so he's now doing that for the church. Uh, but for 30 years, he was in construction. I, and I've known Steve for almost that length of time, probably 25 years. And I, I, I remember when this happened. His daughter, Cassie, when she was seven years old, uh, she, her vision was 2200. She wore these big, thick glasses, and she had a lazy eye. It, it would cross, and it was getting so bad, she had to wear an eye patch. She had to do that for four weeks. And at the end of that four weeks, if her eye wasn't healed, they were going to have to do surgery. That's how bad it was. And so every night, we were praying for her, lots of people praying, but every night Steve and Melody would pray for her before she'd go to sleep. One morning she wakes up and she reaches over and she put her glasses on like she normally did and she looked around and everything was blurry. And she took her glasses off and everything was clear. She woke up and her eyes were healed, totally healed, and they've been healed since. Uh, doctors confirmed it. Went back to the doctor, confirmed, totally healed, 20-20 vision. And so Steve, um, I talked to him yesterday to confirm so I'd make sure, remember all the details correctly. Uh, he, sent, he said, I sent a fax to all of our subs and all of our clients. And Okay, let me just explain to some of you, faxes is what we had before we had email. Okay. So, so it was before email, so he couldn't send an email, but he sent a fax. To, and telling this story to all of his subcontractors, all his employees, uh, all of his clients, all of his clients that he'd done work with. And one of his clients called him and said, I got that fax about your daughter. Um, he said, could we have lunch? So the first thing he said when they have lunch, he said, tell me this story again. Steve tells him the story. He's telling a story of what God did. And in a few minutes, Steve led him to Christ. He got saved. What did he get saved for? He got saved from a true story of God moving in someone's life. So that's what Paul was. Paul was just a witness. Here's the third witness that might shock you. Um, Jesus was a witness. Jesus, the Son of God, was a witness. Look at this verse, John 3, 32. This is John the Baptist talking about Jesus. And what he, capital H, Jesus, what he has seen and heard that he testifies. What he has seen and heard, that he testifies. Do, do you remember when they said, we, we love the, the stories that you tell? Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I first hear the Father say it. They said, we love the miracles that you do. He said, I don't do anything unless I first see the Father do it. Do you realize that the Son of God came to this earth to be a witness? That, that's why he came. He was a witness of what he personally saw and heard. This phrase, by the way, is all through the New Testament. Let me just show you a few more. Uh, the shepherds were witnesses. Uh, Luke 2.20, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. Luke 7.22, Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard. And then when they beat the uh, uh, disciples after the resurrection, told them, you can't preach anymore in Jesus' name. Their response was, Acts 4.20, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. 
learn to tell your story. Learn to tell your story, and we're going to help you. We're going to have events and things here that we can help you. We want to help you to be a better witness. You are a witness, but we want to help you. Um, when I was in evangelism class, uh, we were, one of our assignments was to share our testimony in 30 minutes. We had to write it out and speak it in front of the class. 30 minutes. And so I get out of school, and I'm teaching evangelism classes at churches and other schools and things. And so I, I said, you know, what I was taught, uh, learn, learn to share your story in 30 minutes. Well, I got thinking, that's a long time. That's a long, you know, some people got up, and I thought, oh, no, 27 minutes left. You know, so, and I thought, well, if that's what I think, and I'm, I'm gracious, <clears throat> you know, what's a lost person think? So anyway, so I, I thought, okay. We're going to have to do shorter than that. So I started telling people, teach them, learn 10 minutes. Let's tell your story in 10 minutes. And that was long with some folks. So I said five minutes, then three minutes, and then one minute. And then I remember thinking, I need to teach people to share their testimony in 10 seconds. Because sometimes that's all you got. Sometimes that's all you got. And by the way, one of the best places to witness is an elevator. Because you got <laughs> captive audience. I mean, they can't go anywhere, you know. And you got all sorts of ways you can start, you know, up or down. Where are you going uh, after this, you know? <laughs> Which direction? See? All right. So, so I started telling people how to tell the story in 10 seconds. I want you to you just practice this. Practice this in your small groups, whatever, at home with your spouse, your friend, whatever. Think about this. Here, here's, here's my testimony. I grew up in church and believed in God. But when I was 19 years old, a guy in a motel room told me I had to give God control of my life, and that's when my life changed. That's 10 seconds. And here's what people have said to me. What do you mean you gave God control of your life? How, 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 do, you do, how do you do that? Of course, my response is, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> now you share the gospel. But the story opened them up to hear the gospel. See, what, that's, that's what we are. That's what Jesus was. Everywhere Jesus what, what went, he was a witness. And I want to tell you something and contrast Jesus' witness and my witness just for a moment. Um, I said to my daughter one time, uh, who's beginning to speak and things, I said to her, um, you know, you may reach more people than I do. And she just kind of jokingly said, but it struck me, she said... I don't think I'll ever reach as many people as you do because I haven't been as bad as you. <laughs> well, we laughed and all, but then I got thinking, is that why people think God uses me? And have I even given that impression, not, not wanting to, but have I, have I given that impression that because I'm so bad and was so bad that, you know what I'm saying? Okay, well, let me, let me set the record straight. God hasn't used me because I was bad. He's used me in spite of that. My past has not helped me more than it has hindered me. Let me say that. It has hindered me more. See, your testimony is not about how bad you were. It's about how good he is. Amen. And the greatest witness... The greatest witness who ever lived never sinned. So for those of you that relate more to my wife, Debbie, you know, Debbie, I was addicted to 
you know, cocaine. She was addicted to uh, Coke. <laughs> Two different Cokes. <laughs> Everyone get that? Okay, don't ever, don't go out and save my wife cocaine, okay. Um, her testimony's better than mine. It's better than mine. She got saved at nine. See, her, my testimony is I got saved out of sin. Her testimony is she got saved from sin. So you don't have to have a bad story to have a good testimony because Jesus was a witness. He had a great testimony. All right, let me tell you about one more famous witness. And remember last week we talked about the famous farmers, and I said some of them you'll never hear about on earth, but you'll hear about them in heaven. They're famous in heaven. Let me tell you about a guy who's famous in heaven that you might not hear much about on earth. His name was Ray Alexander. Ray Alexander lived in El Dorado, Arkansas. He was a mechanic. He asked a fellow co-worker to, uh, he started telling him about Christ, and he asked him to come over to his house one night so he could share with him about Christ. So the co-worker goes over to his house, but his 16-year-old son went with him. And his 16-year-old son sat on the front porch, and there was no air conditioning back then, so the door was open, but the screen door was closed. And Ray Alexander shared with his co-worker about Jesus, and actually the co-worker did not accept Jesus. But the 16-year-old son sitting on the porch heard the gospel for the first time and accepted Christ. And the 16-year-old son had a son that accepted Christ, and the grandson went back and led the grandfather to Christ years later, 45 years after Ray Alexander witnessed him. But let me tell you something else the grandson did. The grandson started a church 13 years ago in his living room called Gateway Church. Ray Alexander shared Christ with my grandfather. And now a whole lot of people have gotten saved. We can all be famous in heaven witnesses. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to just take a moment. We normally ask the Lord, what are you saying to me? But really through this series, and God will say individual things to each of us, but he's saying to all of us, I want you to be a witness for me. And he sends his Holy Spirit to empower us to be witnesses. So just take a moment and just say, Lord, I want to be a witness. I, I, I want to commit to being a good witness. I don't want to take the fifth. I want to tell people my story. And you might even just be very honest with him and say, Lord, you know, this is something that's always been tough for me. But will you help me? And in the next few weeks, maybe you could just start by inviting someone. Just inviting them to the production or to, to hear me speak or to hear Michael Jr. Just invite. Let's just invite. And then some point let's begin sharing our stories with people we, we want to pray for you if you're going through any type of difficulty no matter which campus you're attending or if you're even in one of the overflow rooms if you're going through any type of a difficulty and you want prayer any difficulty like financial or our family difficulty a marriage difficulty uh, children something with a child a relationship at work all of us go through difficulties all of us do this is what church is about don't ever 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 be embarrassed to ask for prayer because I asked for prayer right, right before I came out here. I said to one of my friends, pray for me, pray for me. 
So we all need prayer. So if you need prayer for any area of your life, at every campus, we have one more worship song. During that time, we'll have leaders at the front. You just come to the front, whichever campus or whatever room you're in, just come to the front and let us pray for you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that has any prayer need at every campus in Jesus' name, amen.